welcome to episode 35 of the 1099 for the week of March 28th, 2016. I'm your host, as always, Josiah Renauden, and with me today is a writer seen on Grantland, GQ, SB Nation, Deadspin, there's a long list, and very soon, The Ringer, Jason Concepcion. Jason, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And other than being uh, a writer that I have read for quite some time, you're currently on my first team all Twitter list, uh, <laughs> where we both watch a lot of basketball. And uh, every once in a while, I will look over at Twitter and see some tweet about D'Angelo Russell and his craziness, oh. swaggy P and all that stuff. And immediately I get that God damn it, kind of jealousy where like you you respectfully retweet it, but I so wish I would have thought of that first. <laughs> so you're on that short list for me. It's uh, very kind. Twitter's a great thing, and while your sports writing is really what really first caught my eye, I mean you really cover a wide array of topics from pop culture. I know you're very into Game of Thrones and and video games. So to kind of yeah. kick things off, when you first got into this field, was it a specific subject matter that grabbed your attention and you decided that writing was the best avenue to make money in it, or were you always a writer? And you just got lucky enough to write about what you love. Oh, I just got lucky. I just got particularly lucky that Game of Thrones is like popular and uh, my particular basketball voice like was attractive to some people and I just got lucky. It's, so it was always, it was writing always in the plans. Did you used to write no. about things? Oh, no, no, not at all? No, no. It's a total, it was an accident, 100%. Wow. I don't actually hear an accident very often with writing stuff. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's... I mean, it's, it literally was an accident. Like, I was just, I, I've told the story a lot, but um, I started my Twitter account basically to follow my fantasy basketball team, like, just to be, just to know, like, you know, when a guy was injured, so I'd follow, like, you know, uh, the beat writers from all the major cities and just be like, okay, well, now I'll know right away if a guy is injured. Because that didn't, that stuff didn't really exist, like, in 2009, like, Daily Fantasy um, websites that just updated you all the time. Uh, and just through that, I just started tweeting at various people that I liked, like during playoff games, during games. And it just really took off from there. Like I said, you've been at, you were at Grantland for a while and uh, a lot of different content on there, a lot of interesting deep dive things. How much leeway did you have when you were at Grantland? What was really the process of pitching your editors at that time? We were pretty spoiled, honestly. <laughs> I mean, like I could write about almost almost anything i mean i could certainly i felt the freedom to pitch pretty much anything um anything i was interested in and then from then from just from there they either say yes or no um so it was pretty it was you felt very spoiled and you definitely i was definitely aware of how lucky that i was that i could just be like hey can i write about uh, arkham city sure yeah okay that's the kind of atmosphere was was really great and I mean, speaking of spoiled, I mean, I, I don't at all want to rehash the end of Grantland and get into that. But when it did close, was there ever a thought in your mind that you might not find another situation similar to that, like you said, where you can kind of just be like, here's this new game I like. Can I go write about this in this environment of just kind of a bunch of friends who love to write? Definitely. I mean, like, you know, when I like I had interviewed at some other places looked around um, at just what was out there in the kind of interim between when Grantland closed and and now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one thing I like would constantly say to whoever I was talking to. Just like, I realized that <laughs> I realized that I can't just be like, hey, can I write about, you know, it's like a random video game um, that I would have to be more structured. Um, so, yeah, it's like you, you do feel phenomenally 
lucky. I mean, I remember when I first started freelancing, it was kind of anywhere you could go. You had to pitch all these new people, and it's always, you never exactly know what oh, people yeah. are going to take, what they're going to like. Totally. Yeah, if they're going to like your style at all. I uh, had a kind of an exclusive exclusivity thing at GameSpot for a bit, and that was really, it was comfortable because you knew what they were looking for, your review style worked, but then I would go to like IGN or Video Gamer, and you're like, I, you might think this is dog shit. You might right. not like the fact that I went on like a two or three paragraph kind of venture into something completely different. Freelancing is always hard. Just working with different editors all the time, it's like, you know, just these strange like one night stands with like editors that you don't really know and yeah it's 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 hard yeah no absolutely when you were actually like pitching to write about certain games how did you decide what direction to take a feature so you know there's the standard review where i'm going to play this game i'm going to go down a list of this is what this is like this is what this is like smack a score at the end call it a day but your writing wasn't really like that what was kind of the turning factor for how you wrote well i mean like the 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 least interesting kind of reviews to me are the ones that are like talk about graphics pop in and like frame rate and shit like that. Like it's completely like uninteresting. I don't, I don't care about it. Like I, what is the experience like? That's the kind of, um, that's the kind of game writing I like, which is kind of, I mean, it's kind of hypocritical in a sense because when I'm looking to buy a game, I definitely read all the, all the IGN slash game score spot. On the bottom. Like, yeah, it's like the score on the bottom. <laughs> you know, like is a nine point five because of X Y Z, and like I definitely read those. Um, but I just don't find you know like I don't. That's not necessarily. I didn't want to write like that. And also, like Grantland is not a place where you really write like that. You know, so yeah. um, I always try to make it more experiential. You know, like what what about this game is really interesting to me. Yeah, so did you actually read much games writing while you were at Grantland? Because, like you said, you know, you would go through, and I do this too, I do this now, it's funny, because I would always judge people to be like, read the whole review, don't just look at the score. I go to the fucking score all the time. Because if I'm on the fence about a game, um, let's say the newest UFC game, because I reviewed the last one and thought it was just a hot pile of dog shit, uh, and this one was better, but I wanted to scroll down, see the reviews, then make a purchasing decision from there. And then afterward, I would read more stuff like yours, that's more experiential about specific aspects of the game. So did you ever really base a lot of your writing off other games writing or did you kind of avoid that? Um, I tried to avoid it. I mean, I like I read a lot of Bissell, who is kind of like the, you know, that's like the gold standard if you're going to write about video games. Lee, Lee Alexander. Um, those are the people I found interesting. But it's like hard to, it is hard in games writing because it's such like a, you know, it's like a, it's really kind of like this, segmented like weird genre of like criticism where there's questions about how much developers influenced you know like reviews and like the relationship between reviews like every like kotaku is great um but yeah i tried to not read games writing as much as i could i mean as someone who's even been in it for as long as i have i like totally i'm in the same boat now especially now that i'm more away from it it's I don't spend a lot of time doing that. But like yeah. you said, there's always those specific authors. Uh, my editor at GameSpot, Kevin Van Ord, is still someone whenever he has like a freelance thing. I'm going to go and read that because it's this right. nice balance between, yeah, there's a score at the end, but it's more of that experiential criticism that digs into things beyond, you know, well, at one point, this enemy clipped through a wall, six out of ten. Yeah, it's like, like who cares? Like, that is really the worst kind of... I mean, I understand that people have to do that. Yeah. Um, but I've never... 
I don't give a shit about like popping. Like I don't care about frame rate unless it's a, if the game's broken, then it's okay. That's one issue. But I, you know, I really don't care if like, if there's texture clipping, I don't care about that stuff. I've never played a video game that like didn't have that. Yeah. And we're at a higher standard for games. Like games are still coming out, you know, broke in terms of online functionality and stuff. But back in the Super Nintendo N64 PS1 days, like, you really had to describe what a first-person shooter was a lot more than what you do now. Right. People know left trigger, right trigger. Like we get, right. if you spend there's a language, of, exactly, there's a shared if you language spend now. Half of your Call of Duty review talking about like how the shooting feels. Like I'm gonna stop because I know how that shooting feels. Like tell me right. why I should care about this Call of Duty versus the last one in this specific campaign mission, or maybe some experience in multiplayer where you jumped off a wall and drop kicked a dude. Because that'd be pretty cool. I might buy the game if I can drop kick people. Right. It's it, I much like appreciate stuff in that direction and kind of going off of that. I was recently reading your piece on Metal Gear Solid Five for Grantland, and it really brought back a lot of fond and not so fond memories of that very strange game <laughs> because it's this kind of maddening blend of these like powerful singular experiences, like that mission you were mentioning where you're carrying these child soldiers to this helicopter and left one behind. You ran back, and I did the exact same fucking thing, and that's why I really enjoyed that feature. Yeah. But it's mixed with these awkward gazes at boobs that bounce in yeah. ways that I don't think are physically possible and a story that just never comes together because of, well, the game was not really complete in a lot of ways. So as someone who plays a lot of games, have you ever kind of felt that nagging hope for games to be legitimized in a sense in the mainstream and you look at something like Metal Gear Solid Five, and it's kind of a one step forward, two steps back situation? I mean, I think that they... I... Well, I think that games are legitimate. Are you talking about like, in terms of respect as an art form? I think that, I, I think that respect that's, as an art form is a good way to put it. Yeah, I think that's happening. Like, um, you know, like uh, what was the game that was just released? Um, not Fire Team. Oh, Firewatch. Uh, Firewatch. That was one of the best storytelling experiences, like in a game that yeah. I've ever played. Like some people like really hated the, the ending. I thought it was great. I think like, it was so perfect. I thought it was like and and what the the way I mean this is a spoiler I guess like hopefully nobody has I did a full turned, spoiler cast pause, like two weeks ago pause, yeah yeah the the way they incorporated like um the camera into the post game credits it was like it, everything was totally perfect and they were really like that was one of the few games where I that was maybe one, like the only game where I've ever had the experience of like um feeling like do I want to like do I want to reveal this much to a like a virtual person right now? Yeah. Like some of the the conversational choices, I'm like, man, I feel uncomfortable revealing this part of myself that is that is actually this character to this other character, and neither of them are real. And that was like a really amazing experience mm. um, for a game that was essentially just like walking. You're just walking through the woods, um, and that's the kind of thing where I think there's a space. Um, kind of below the triple a like gigantic open world like behemoths that are like being released right now that like with 80 hours of like total like game experience yeah. that you'll never finish i think that like i think there's a lot of space for these like more focused experiences where there's like really interesting things can happen i think firewatch is like a prime example of that it was like a really cool experience and like the older i get and the more responsibility i get the more those four to five hour just really singular experiences are what i gravitate toward like i yeah. you throw like i love the witcher 3 and i recently beat it but it took me like a year 
like it took me to when it came out to like a couple of weeks ago and that's big time investment and something like firewatch is also really good toward i was dating a girl at the time and every once in a while it's kind of like you know you get the question what do you do for a living and I'm like well, right. i write about video games and you have that moment of they look at you like okay what do you actually do for a living um and you want to show that game where it's like okay this is what like video games aren't all just heads exploding and laser noises and craziness like this is what they could be and like she was really into it and it was it's a really in like you said with the ending i think a lot of people kind of felt like they were longing for something at the end it was like where is this conclusion to the story but that's what i loved about it because like because i think what 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 people say when they say um like will video games be respected like as art not that it i don't i think that debate is like that doesn't even matter really Mm -hmm. but i think what what um what people feel when they connect with like a great piece of writing or great film is they feel like it reflects something about that's true about life. And I felt that from that game, you know, there, there was no real, uh, there wasn't like a neat conclusion. You're just like left with kind of like this longing feeling and of like this, and it, and it really brought home that, um, that kind of feeling of summer's over that I think like everybody has had like since they were uh, a kid. That's, yeah, you know, that's when, perfect. You, when you start seeing like the back to school commercial, that there was like it and it really, and it brought that feeling and it was just, just an amazing experience. You know, like it's really a fun and emotional game that is just so cleverly constructed. Um, like the, the way that they, the way that they kind of, um, like downloaded the story to you in these like little clips that were interspersed with like you're you just controlling the character walking mm-hmm. and you had to like make these like very simple choices about what your character's past was. I mean it was just all so effective and they did it with very little. Um an amazing game to me. Just like an incredible game. And that odd mix of isolation but then also having someone write te- not physically next to you but you know at at the ready with a walkie-talkie was right. interesting because because you never really see characters in that game, you only really see you know the main character from like the waist down if you're looking down or climbing down right. something. There's also this real palpable tension that uh, that one portion of the game where you get knocked in the back of the head and get knocked out. Like for me, that was almost like a jump scare and a thriller because there was definitely this part of me where I'm like, I haven't even seen what a character looks like in this game. Yeah. Like the idea was, I felt so away from everything that the second you start introducing the fact that here is this tent with stuff that people have been watching you. Like when I was in that, I remember looking through the documents and like I kept looking behind me to make sure no one was there. And that was, that was like PT levels of scary. Fantastically creepy. Fantastically creepy. creepy. Even like, even, even like the the beginning kind of like first third of the game where um, you come across like the torn tent and you're not sure if these oh, yeah. the girls have disappeared or if the guy was involved and are people going to think that you did like there was this real subtlety there i mean it's no surprise that the 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 writer was also was the lead writer at telltale and um did all the great stuff like yeah it worked on and, too. yeah like um so that's no surprise but like um yeah there's just like this incredible subtlety of these really small choices that you that I found myself like agonizing over. Um, and it's not you. You're not this person. Um, that's like shows you the power of games. It's like that kind of immersion shows you 
like what games are really capable of. Um, and I think it's only going to get more interesting with like VR is now taking off. So yeah, I, I'm really excited by what, what, and also terrified of like what games <laughs> are going to be capable of. <laughs> it, it's so weird that it's actually just out now that the Oculus is there. I keep forgetting because it, it's always seemed like this far off thing. And we felt like we were in the tech demo stage for so long where everyone's like, and here you are. <laughs> pushing over uh right. like i think like you're playing jenga and it's in virtual yeah. reality and you're like oh it's like out. and i've never put it, it yeah it came out what monday tuesday yeah, something like that it's and crazy. like it's so and then five soon and it's yeah i still haven't strapped one of those to my head yet because i saw i haven't had that initial experience but like i feel like and th- i mean that's going to be the thing right like you can't it's hard to sell vr on like a video where it's like here's what it would look like if it wasn't 3d yeah, I, and not strapped to your head and like well okay. i think it's it, it's but it is both terrifying and and amazing because I really feel like, I almost feel like the human race, like we're not fully ready. I don't think we for, are for that level of escapism. You know, um, yeah, it's going to be really fascinating. And there's like a whole host of moral, you know, like <laughs> questions that are raised. Almost um, too many. I, I don't there's, feel prepared. Yeah, like yeah. I, just the vines that have come out of people fucking with people in VR. Like, yeah. there are going to be people who get robbed because they're so deep in VR they don't even know that someone is in their house. Like, well, it's it, beyond that. Like, um, what would it mean to interrogate a person using VR where you're not, say, waterboarding them in real life, but you are in VR? What would it mean to like interrogate a prisoner? by like cutting off his arm in VR. You're not technically touching that person. Yeah. But you're you really you really, you know, I mean is that torture legally? I think those are questions that we're going to really have to deal with in the future like yeah. You've convinced me that we're not ready for VR. We're not You've ready for it. Me it has come out at least like 5 years too early like we need to have some sort of like human race meeting the guys we need to talk about how we're going to handle this shit i mean it's really i don't know if you read that um uh paper i think it was in pointer that was written by a bunch of um scientists and um academics talking about like all the different um moral questions raised by uh, um by vr i'll send it to you it's like and it's and it's really terrifying like some of the stuff that we're going to be capable of doing to other people but not actually doing to them um, it's this really weird gray area that i just feel like it's going to be exploited in terrible ways <laughs> oh man send vr back <laughs> to go to something maybe a little less grim we'll find out sure. uh let's talk a bit about the division which could, i don't oh, think yeah. it's grim. Right. I, uh, I think it might be as grim but <laughs> it's i have so, i have so many feelings about this because so here's the kind of the, the angle i want to take on this because a lot of my twitter timeline which i, I think I sometimes wrongfully assume it's just the world's opinion instead of just this curated group of people that I appreciate. But a lot of it has been filled with mentions of like the mixed messages the story is giving, the sloppy nature of the class warfare, and like you know, there's a certain story it's presenting where here's these looters and like you're just gunning them down like they're nothing. And I do get that, and I think that some of the story, it, it kind of it, it's there's some questionable themes going on but here's the thing about the division that i've realized is i play that i call it a podcast game because i play that game while listening to podcasts uh or, yeah that's i do the same thing actually. or with friends where you have like a mic yeah, yeah. um so i'm doing everything in my power to ignore that story and there's already so little story it's pretty easy to just zone it out so yeah i it's i'm just looking at numbers going up i'm just sitting there like give me as give me the highest numbers possible and that's why i wanted this game so 
what's your experience with the game so far? And have these kind of themes and this like thematic dissonance, has that kind of rubbed you the wrong way at all? I mean, it, it definitely is appalling to me. Like it, mm-hmm. and, and, but it also, I find myself playing it, which is like this, this dichotomy that I want to explore about myself. I mean, it, um, on the one hand, yeah, I mean, thematically, it's this really bizarre story about not trusting in any kind of like institutions of government, like down to firemen and garbage men and um, about citizen, armed citizens having to, having to base, being the most trustworthy force um, for good. Uh, and it's also this really weird thing where like, you don't, you're not supposed to, the government has failed, right? But at the same time, you as this agent are kind of like this, um, prenatal government, like you're, you're responsible for healthcare, you're responsible for communications, you're getting the lights back on, you're making sure the streets are safe by gunning down like poor people and firemen. Um, so technically you are the government. So it's just like, and in all, so in that way, it kind of like reveals, um, the kind of weird hypocrisy behind like of at the core of libertarianism, like, but at the same time, like shooting things is fun. (laughs) Uh, You know, that is, that's the problem. And, and, you know, like looter shooters in particular, loot games. I like looter um, shooters way better. That's a great, yeah, looter shooters, but you know, loot games specifically are built to like hijack, um, a human a human being's uh, drive to acquire goods and material. You know, like that's, they, um, the games are built mechanically, like off these kind of behaviorist techniques of B.F. Skinner, where it's like, I don't know if you've ever heard about um, this stuff, but like uh, B.F. Skinner, he put uh, pigeons in like a little box and he gave them a switch and if they hit the switch, they got food. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. So that, so that's like that's like the um, most basic type of reward setup where you hit a switch, you get something. Um, but he figured out that the way to, if you want to get some organism to hit that switch all the time, you don't give them the reward every time. You don't even give it to them every fifth time because what that creates is um, you hit it once and then you kind of like hit it like and slow you slow down and then when you get to like three or four um then you all of a sudden you speed through if you want to keep an organism steadily hitting this switch to get a reward you make it so every time you hit that switch there's only a percentage chance that you get the reward so it's like essentially it's like gambling and that's what the looters are you kill an enemy and there's a percentage chance that you will get a high level piece of gear right but a lot of times you don't get it but you want it so bad and there's so all badly. these you and you've been there's all these numbers going up and you're watching your level go up and it's like well you know i'll just keep going because maybe it'll drop this time um and it's really like you know it's really evil in a sense but at the same time it's really satisfying to like be acquiring virtual goods which is like really kind of terrifying in, in its in its own right it's like we can't we don't have the ability to go out and just buy whatever we want, but like in the game, uh, the game hijacks your feeling of satisfaction of acquiring stuff like that. It's like basically like it's the same thing that like kind of powers like Grand Theft Auto in a sense. Like Grand yeah. Theft Auto 
especially the latest one, like at its core, is just a game about like getting really nice cars and buying houses, which is just life in a sense. Like that's life. Um, <laughs> I mean, we need to start like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And um, and that's kind of what the division is, except it's guns and like cool gear. It, Destiny did a very similar thing too, where that's I mean, the same exact me- mechanism. Yeah, yeah, we just get as much gear as possible. I think the shooting was a little bit better in that, but this in, the division is such an odd game where I'm not kidding when I say that I ignored everything surrounding the numbers and guns so much that when I first started seeing this backlash from people, these like critics bringing it up, I'm like, are we playing different video games? Like, are we playing something different? Because and then I really started to like read into it. I'm like, you know, they probably are saying that, but I've been not even I barely even read or listened to like a smidgen of dialogue so it's right i mean i don't i'm not actively reviewing games right now so this is it's it's you definitely play games differently when you are going into it with you know what am i what's my angle here what am i going to write about compared to i just want to have fun with this with my friends uh, it's, but, it's 100 it's 100 percent very easy to compartmentalize like yeah. um your feelings when you're playing a game especially games like you know, like Call of Duty that involve killing like thousands of people. Like, that's not cool in life, but like in a video game, there's something about like that exchange and that feeling of like of of agency and power that is like satisfying. And I think it also speaks to why it's so hard to like write about video games sometimes because um, people just want to have fun. You know, like nobody wants to like think about like how awful the message of the division is they just want to be like i just want to get a gold gun and just go out there and shoot people and watch shit blow up and that's like fair it's like i i that's fine that's totally fine it's fully fair and it's also something that i think that's a big part of when you write for something like somewhere like ign or GameSpot. as you guess i get hundreds of comments of just you know just people getting really grumpy about a score i gave something and very often it's because you know i try to dig deeper into things i play (laughs) i reviewed a game uh, where the objective is a Japanese game, not shockingly, uh, was to punch your enemy's clothes off. And then once their clothes were <laughs> off, um, they were like, like the sun would touch their skin and they would like be all freaked out and it would hurt and they would run away. Uh, it's called like Akiba's Trip or something. Yeah, that's like fascinating. So I, that's why I'm even pitching my editor. I'm like, look, like I, this is not like my thing. This is not my weird fetish. I got this code in my inbox. Can I review this thing? Um, and not a great video game uh and you know the the punching clothes off was kind of this you know it is a mechanism to show as many anime boobs as possible and people right. were very upset by the end in the comments i was just looking at this the other day for some reason about like why would you not throw you know you just don't get it you know i just want to have fun and there's also the people totally. who just say like why don't you have a reviewer who loves boobs do this I'm like what kind of right. comment is that but i could get the core of the idea of sometimes you just want to enjoy yourself. And when someone writes that, you know, what you're doing for enjoyment is wrong and you should feel bad about it. Not that I was saying that, but so they'll feel that way. I can understand why you would get upset at that. Well, I think that's why, that's why, that's why games writing kind of, like, kind of sucks in a yeah. sense, because like you, and that's why you get shit like, you know, Gamergate happens. Mm-hmm. It's like people, games in a sense are kind of, the last place that a person can be like truly selfish like you can just do things because you want it like i'm going to kill all these people i'm going to look at i'm going to play dead or alive and just stare at boobs i'm going to whatever, you know, those whatever things are. like yeah i'm going to like kill people and fall out and remove their clothing 
you can be appalling and you can just be like a complete lizard brain like selfish person and i think um there is like a certain segment of people that just don't want to think about a game any deeper than i'm just going to kill people and stare at tits like yeah. and that sucks but that's also it's uh, it's very similar to sports in that way it's like it's an opiate of the masses and people don't want to think too deeply about it a lot of the time you know? yeah. but i don't th- but that's not what i f- <laughs> but that's not what i find interesting about games so that's absolutely their right to you know look at that surface level and say you know i like this this sensation of killing people or staring at boobs it just gets to the part you know it gets bad once you harass and lash out at people who do want to dig deeper into that i think that's where like you said games writing can really suck because it is yeah. this just split now and more and more as games are getting more mature the writers the writing surrounding it hopefully it mostly has gotten more interesting and more mature and the, yeah it's it's been a backlash it's been something that when i first started out i wasn't digging into games as deeply cuz you know i didn't really know what the fuck i was doing but then when i started to realize what the fuck i was doing is when i got the most comments and the most <laughs> just people on twitter being like you should never do this you were trying to like, kill my livelihood because you disagree with me well, i mean games are they're just really fascinating reflections of like what we want as human beings, like as just at the most basic level, um, we want to feel powerful. We want to feel agency in a life, even if it's not ours. We want to feel like, you know, we can dunk a basketball. Uh, and I, and that's, what's interesting to me. It's like that game that you were describing. It's like, that sounds to me like one of like a game that is so, based on shame that it's like almost like hard to like think about yeah it's hard so, to go that, into a game like that too and not immediately have this idea of what you're getting into when like the cover is just like cleavage and someone's clothes yeah. like the, not even kidding the clothes would explode like they would just like crazy <gasps> like as you punch this person which is this weird like how am i going to look at this and not immediately have the cringy like oh what is this thing uh yeah it's well, like to take it to, to to go back to the division, like what I find interesting about the division, um, I mean it's a sh- it's a cover shooter, third person cover shooter. It's in that sense, it's there's nothing really that original about it, but the dark zone kind of free roam, like emergent multiplayer uh, mechanic, to me is the core of what the game is trying to do, and that kind of essential feeling is. Wouldn't it be cool to be able to just take people's shit? <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. and the like the feeling of power of like I want to acquire shit. There's other people out here that want to take it. I'm going to protect it. And maybe you know, like if I'm feeling it, if like there's only if someone's playing solo and I'm in with a group, maybe I'll just kill this guy and take his shit. And speaking of uh, tension, like we were talking about Firewatch earlier, like yeah. that moment, I was in the dark zone for the first time with a friend, and he called a helicopter, and there's like two three groups of two there and yeah, you're everyone's like, just looking like yeah like the standoff where it's like who's going to be the asshole first and no one did and that was like a like i was sweating like that was a that's a really cool feeling and that's a feeling that i haven't felt playing a video game yeah. before um and it was really interesting like that was and it, I, there was like a the first time i got killed by a rogue there was like a i really felt like a rage at this person like i'm gonna fucking find this person <laughs> in and I'm going to fucking kill them and get my shit back. And then, and it brings out upon, 
brings it like out this feeling of paranoia where you're just like, okay, what, it, there's this guy over here. Just watch him. Watch him right now. Um, and that's like a. Re- it was really interesting. It's still really interesting to me. The game is kind of like thin on content now, but um, that feeling is like a very interesting feeling to be when it's created by a video game. It's strange that the what I think we both find to be the most interesting feature of that game is kind of buried toward not almost like the last like the end portion of that game because you can go into the dark zone early but you're gonna get murked if you're not fully prepared like i didn't even attempt it till i was level 30 uh and like it's it's well there's no point you just don't you don't get enough you don't get good enough shit if you like you're just gonna end up scrapping your stuff anyway and I was almost done done with that game, so I had upgraded the base the entire way. I had to just beat, yep. you know, beat the game, had all the, everything I wanted, and me and my friend had played it just about the entire way through. And I was like, all right, I guess, I guess you know, this has been fun. I guess we're done. He's like, you want to go in the dark zone like once? And we tried it, and that's when I was like, man, I might continue to play this just for that sensation again. But if I, they do promote it throughout the game. You get these eight hundred billion messages about you know dark zone currency and stuff like that. But I, I wish there was almost a way they could kind of incorporate that earlier on so that it's not something that if you're sick of that game, which it's pretty easy right. that by the end of it, you could be very sick of it, that you might just completely miss. Well, that's kind of like the... Um, that's the danger with the um, the loot system mechanic, is that um, this is something that happened to me in Destiny, where it's like you're grinding, 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 like I never got Galahorn. Right. Yeah. And I was like continuously doing like vault of glass and being like, okay, it's going to drop this time. And then you just reach a point where if the thing you want doesn't drop enough times, you're just like, fuck this. And you walk <laughs> away. And you may never cut like um, studies have shown like this is something that um, uh, I want to say it was like uh, that when Bungie was like developing this game, um, they talked to Blizzard about loot games and that was one of the things that they told him it's like you know like at, at a certain point um if you don't if you don't kind of uh you know um make your drops so that people feel satisfied at some point this is the type of game where when you walk away you just never come back because you're so pissed and that like happened to me with destiny twice at least where i was just like i didn't come back for three four months until like they came up with an update because i was just like fuck this this is too much like work like going in here, I'm not yeah, even enjoying this raid. I'm not like even enjoying this raid. I'm just here because I want a fucking rocket launcher. And if I don't get it, I'm going to feel like a chump. Um, so that's the danger of, of that, the loot mechanic. And that's, I mean, it's, it, that's also like what's really fascinating about it. Destiny was one of those games that, that for me it was always, I don't mind DLC in any way or expansions as long as the game that I'm given for $60 feels complete. And Destiny never felt complete to me. Destiny felt like, Something where I was like, okay, here's this core mechanic that's gonna really pull you in because it's a you know a looter shooter as you would say, right? Uh, and we're gonna like rope you in, but there's not enough content, so you want to see more of it. So that's when they start releasing the DLC, and that one felt kind of exploitative in a way. That I mean, the division you might be able to say that, but I, I put in like 30 or 40 hours and felt satisfied by the end. Destiny, I didn't get that sensation nearly as much. I, well, I think because Destiny, it's it's um. It's a very fragmented experience. Like the thing about the division that is cool is that even though uh I would judge that there's less content than vanilla Destiny, like when Destiny first dropped, mm. the the world that they created is so unified that it's much more fun to explore. 
Like it's just much, like you go and things happen. There's like a, a a lot more chances for emergent gameplay. Whereas um, Destiny was this this really focused experience, and unless you like get into a raid, um, it's just not that interesting. And even raids, like um, what makes a raid really fun is your teammates. It's not even necessarily the game because the mechanic is essentially like shoot this guy a million fucking times until like his 50 billion hit points go down. But what, what made raiding fun for me was just like the things that would happen um, with my team, like over the course of this thing, like there's these weird feelings of like, what if, if the last, like the person who is the worst at jumping when you get to the jumping puzzle, then these weird like social dynamics of like fuck, we gotta wait for this yeah, guy. Fuck that like, guy, by the way. Fuck yeah, that guy who like, can't jump. <laughs> fuck that guy who can't jump. But that's been me a lot of times. And so there's like, <laughs> and like these weird, just like, like especially, um, you know, like it's almost it's like at times it's almost like applying for a job where it's like, hey, do you have like this sniper? Oh, okay, fuck this. We can't take this guy. Like, like that shit fascinated me and that was like the, that's like the stuff that really interests me about games it's like this these like emergent social dynamics like that's why I like Left 4 Dead is like one of my favorite game experiences ever because like there were moments in that game where I felt like um, where I felt like certain things happened in the game that revealed something real about like a, what a person <laughs> yep. would do like under pressure and it was really exciting like i remember the, one of the first times i played that game like co-op the first version um there's the mercy hospital level where you have to run like at so you beat everything and now like these huge tank zombies are coming out and you basically have to run through all these zombies up this ramp to a helicopter and leave and um we're running and this one guy we were with fell off the ramp. And so we were like, okay, like fight off the zombies, get back up the ramp, let's go. Then he fell again, and we were just like, fuck it. <laughs> we were just like, fuck it. And he was like, in the mic, just being like, no, you motherfuckers, don't leave. Because we had like put two hours into this level. And he's like screaming, like, how could you do this? And I felt bad. I felt bad for like a second. And it was, that was one of the, the most fun like evenings in gaming. Like, and that's the kind of thing I really enjoy about gaming. It's like when, when you do something in a game, interacting with other people and the game world, that kind of reveals something true about human nature. That's what's interesting to me and, about games. And yeah, and Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 are good examples because those are also, I think, really good video games. And they're like this good, yeah. pure, distilled, like the perfect co-op experience compared to... I look at something like Destiny and The Division, and I think those are very troubled games with major issues that are fun because of the people you're with. And there are definitely games that I have played way longer than I should have because they're not good video games. But a lot of things are fun as long as you have someone else on oh, the yeah. mic with you. And speaking of kind of showing character, I mean, I think a game, I like I said, I have EA Sports UFC 2 now, uh, and me and my friend will play that. And that's another game where if you were playing against, you know, when you're playing online, you can taunt a motherfucker. You can just <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah. You can be like, oh, you don't know how to defend the clinch and knees? Well, I'm going to only do that until you're right. knocked out. And then, or like, oh, you can't get up from the ground? Well, fuck you. I'm going to stay there. When you're playing with a friend, there's this moment of like, uh-oh, I've realized that I can like get him inside control and elbow him eternally if I want to. Do I care about winning that much? And it's definitely this inner monologue of like, you know, or like if he does it to you and you're like, well, we're not friends anymore. That's it. Like last straw, you asshole. So yeah, there's this there's something interesting about games as these social experiments where you're you're learning about yourself, you're learning about other people, and if it's also a good game to boot, 
Like, that's when it's perfect for me. That's when I want to keep coming back. Oh, uh, uh, totally. Um, and so here's what I really want to know. I mean, you're headed to the ringer, which is yeah. awesome news. So what exactly is your role there? Is it going to be similar to Grantland? Are you going to be writing more about games? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be writing about uh, basketball and games. So it's going to be ex- uh, essentially the same CV as, as Grantland, but we're gonna, there's going to be some different wrinkles that we're going to throw in there. Uh, I can't talk about now, but like it's yeah, it's gonna be well, it's gonna be essentially the same topics. Yeah, because I, I know, of course, you can't probably talk specifically about right. like, how the content's structured, but do you have uh, games in mind that you're gonna start with? Like, is I know, like once again, I'm, I don't know what you could tell me, but is there a specific game in mind that you want to write about when you are able to write about them for the Ringer? Uh, I'm gonna write about. I think I'm probably gonna write about. Uh, let's see if the timing works, but I'm going to write about um, this Xbox exclusive Quantum, Quantum Break, Break, which is yeah. like, this is like, but I'm going to write about it um, in the context of oh, what's the um, recent released, like, time travel first person shooter Hot Shot. No, oh, hot, super uh, hot. Super hot. I'm going, to ta- I'm going to write about it in the context of like Super Hot, which is like, it's just very interesting to me that two games with like a very similar mechanic have been released. Um, yeah. And one is like this, you know, it's almost trying to be a movie, you know, it's like very narrative driven. The television roots with the actors too. Totally. It's like little fingers in it, you know, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's this very, uh, you know, it's like the camera work is very it's cinematic. It's, very cinematic in terms of its language, and then you've got like super hot that's just essentially like a mechanic um and these two approaches to this kind of like same kind of core mechanic um I think that that's like one of the things that's gonna run about hopefully also uncharted four lines up with oh yeah writing because speaking of games where there's some moral questions, Nathan Drake murders people like a motherfucker like and it's always he like. 4,000 people. And it's always, it's not like he's doing it as like some, you know, like soldier doing it against like these evil villains. Very often it's like, I want this coin. You're in the way of getting to this coin. <laughs> like, I just shot you and your 18 friends in the face. Now I'm going to go home and be all like a cuddly, nice guy, baby face with one of like seven women. It's this strange, like, seen as a hero and this kind of like great mascot for Sony, but it's like, you know, this guy kills it. Everyone, I love Uncharted, but that guy killed yeah. everyone. Uh, Naughty Dog is really good at. They, I feel like that's a company that's very, very aware of the fact that their hero kills a lot of people, mm. and um, structuring their game in a way that um, is interesting, so it's not just purely like killing people. Um, yeah, Uncharted and No Man's Sky are pretty much the only reason like I have for PlayStation. No Man's Sky is one of those that. I'm. I feel like I'm either going to like fall headfirst into it and lose my life, or just not get it. Right. Um, I. I'm kind of. I'm. I feel like it's reached the stage where like it's. It's just too hyped to oh, possibly yeah. live up to the hype. But the idea behind it is really interesting. I mean, it's just like the fact that you could explore like this vast procedural universe uh, is appealing to me. Whether there's any actual game there. Uh, is another question. It looks completely. I hope it's just not too much of one of those survival games where it's like move up to tree, punch tree a whole bunch. Here comes right, wood. Right, you right. know, combine wood yeah. to do this. Like I, I hope there's more to it. But yeah, I, I do think at this point the hype level on that. Even though I'm really happy for you know uh, Hello Games, like 
it's crazy to think it went from Joe Danger to No yeah. Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah. Like, is that the biggest jump ever? Like, it's like, insane. I don't even know. Like, yeah, it's bizarre to me. Yeah, I can't like, even think of an analogy of like in like any other terms of that <laughs> jump. It's like a side scroller to the universe. It's yeah. Like, it, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It, I'm excited to see it, even if, like you said, I think at this point, you're going to have a lot of people who get it and say, like, this isn't what it was supposed to be, not really understanding that the entire time they were they were very cagey about, like, right. they, they, they told about the scale, but they never really promised anything other than here is a, like, quadrillion planets and have fun. We'll see. I'm not sure, like, how much game is actually there, but we'll see. I'm yeah. interested. I'm definitely excited to play it. Yeah, no, absolutely, me too. And I'm interested to definitely read all of your gaming content and basketball content too in The Ringer, and I don't want to keep you too much longer because I know right before this you got food, so you're probably like <laughs> eating while talking, which is, I, that might be really impressive, or you could be just waiting, so uh, I will leave you off on this. Uh, plug yourself, so if people want to find you, I know you're recently on The Watch Podcast, and I feel like everyone at this point probably follows you on Twitter, but where are the best places to kind of find you right now? Um, the Ringer Newsletter and at Network. Twitter, which is N-E-T-W-3-R-K. Perfect. Yep. Yeah, I actually just got the, the Ringer newsletter earlier today, so I got Excellent. to bring that up. So, uh, Jason, thank you very much for talking with me about all of this. Oh, thanks for having me. Goodness. It was really fun. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, once again, I'm looking forward to reading your stuff, and hopefully we can talk again once. You know what? No Man's Sky. Once No Man's Sky comes out, like, maybe we can... Oh, yeah, let's do it again. We can do this again. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much, and uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Hopefully you tune back in for the next episode of the 1099.